Welcome back to Season 2 of the Aware Podcast. In this global podcast, Nikki and Sarah, your hosts, chat to inspirational guests who have all had a breakthrough moment in either life, leadership or business. We share our adventures as we talk through the moments, courage, laughter and insight. A big thank you to all our listeners and we hope that you're going to enjoy Season 2 as much as you did Season 1. Don't forget rate, review, subscribe and share to keep us moving forward. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome again to the Aware Special. Um, today we're looking about the Metaskill Adaptability and the Adaptability Paradox. And this is a really fun little blast from the past for us because it was right in the time where Melbourne was flooded with lockdowns and this was the sixth lockdown for Melbourne in Australia. Um, so enjoy the flashback um, and the chatter that Nikki and I have about finding your North Star and becoming uh, adaptable. And we even mention uh, the actual idea of the AWARE program and the AWARE podcast in this too. So we will be back really soon with our new interviews. Um, and we're just going to shake things up a little bit more to have a bit more of Nikki and I chatting. Um, again, big thank you to Bella Haywood from the DWood podcast, who is making our lives so much easier by taking over the editing. Okay, enjoy. 
Hi listeners and welcome to the Business Hangover with Nikki and Sarah again. This is a kind of drab Melbourne day today and we are in lockdown number six. Yes, yes. lockdown number six. Uh, we are so good at lockdowns. We are professional lockdowners but we're all a bit tired of it to be honest. Yeah, we've mastered the art. Yeah. But we're not loving it. No. Not loving it's it. It's like I trained for a job I don't like. Yeah, you know what? I think you've said it before is that it's a bit like needing a divorce, but you can't divorce it because <laughs> you have no control. Yeah. You have no influence. No, you, you want out, but there's no way you can leave. Yeah. So in light of our moody temperaments here in Melbourne and probably the rest of Australia, to be frank, and maybe the rest of the world, but they seem to be managing a little better. We're looking at the lens of your North Star, which is how to find your internal compass in a lot of ways. And it's based on an article that both Nikki and I read, unbeknowing to each other, from McKinsey and Company on the adaptability paradox. And that got us thinking a lot about what is being adaptable in this current climate and what it means as a human being, in our businesses, as a leader. So that's where we're headed today. Yeah, look, and I think clearly you've picked up through the podcast that we do think reasonably similarly. <laughs> but I think why this article really resonated with us is because we've been spending a lot of time, not only through lockdown, but with the clients and all the people we're having conversations with is that people looked at COVID and said, okay, well, we've got to problem solve our way out of this. Mm. But there isn't an end point. We have to adapt. Like we all keep talking about what our new normal is. Well, our new normal is to be adaptive to three hours notice of a lockdown. As was yesterday. As was yesterday. <laughs> That's what our current worldwide environment mm. is pushing us. We've you always... have to be adaptable to being adaptable. It's like layers That's now, exactly isn't it? exactly right. As human beings, we've always, if it be when you're playing a game of sport, mm. you're problem solving on how to get the next goal. Mm. If it be around business and you're problem solving to get a solution, it's actually more than problem solving. Mm. It really it's is. deeper now, it's isn't it? deeper. Mm. It's that ingrained ability to be adaptive, to be agile, whilst I hate the word agile, it's more that you have that inherent balance of being a great problem solver, but being adaptive when outside of your control. And of course, what we are loving is this leads into our very exciting venture, which we've been working on. But let's just unpack this article a yeah, little bit, right the on. adaptability paradox. So the theme is really with hybrid workplace arrangements that we're in at the moment, we're continuing to have to adapt and restructure and change at an incredibly unstructured pace. Like yesterday's three-hour turnover in my business to shut everything down, go online and advise everyone. And we're talking about hundreds of clients that they can't come on site again. So it's at a real fast pace now. Yeah. There's no warning. We're on, we're in, and then there's no end date. We have an undefined time frame that, as Nikki and I were bitching about, <laughs> it's never really the time frame. Yeah. It seems like a guideline of a time frame. It's like that carrot that mm. just as you get close, mm. it takes two steps back. Yeah. And what it does, and I think the essence of why, you know, we looked at lots of mm. options, 
for today felt right to talk about this because the most important element of being adaptive and in that paradox is that there are so many things outside your control. Mm. And look, to be frank, it's not going to change. And even if it does slow down, how we work and how we live has changed forever now. 100%. So it is about what is your adaptable lens and how do you find your true north, your compass? How do you reset it so that you can keep moving forward? So adaptability, Nikki, I found out, is called a meta skill, mainly because I think it's being amped up now and it's got a bigger focus. So it's how we learn, apply knowledge. It's actually one of the pieces of the Jigsaw to Happiness, which is a slight little plug on my old book. And it falls within what I call the openness to experience characteristic, which is the happy feeder. So it's one of the components which allows us to seek the new and the novel and not Mm -hmm. fear it. And that helps us orient towards the future as well as manage what's currently happening. And I think that's really important because the biggest thing that holds back happiness, that holds back success, and also the best within us all is the fear of the judgment, the Mm. getting it wrong. Well, I think the biggest thing that adaptability and why this is so critical is because there is no wrong. Mm. It's the give it a go. Yeah, it is that. We've got to get past that. So the paradox part of it, which is what really I thought this article highlighted really well and really clearly, and so no inventing the wheel here, was that the actual paradox is that the very situation that stimulates our need to adapt, it also stimulates our fear of change. That is the paradox because we have to learn to embrace the change while acknowledging the fear that wants us to stop the change. That's right. So it's really like a magnet trying to pull apart Mm. but wanting to stay together Mm, at the same time because (laughs) it is unnatural because to be looking at ways that we can leverage the next step Mm. when fear is going but do we really have to? Mm. Can I have it back the way it was? If I don't do anything, will it just go away? And I think if you're a visual person like I am is to me that magnet I think is really a good way of thinking about it. Every time that you think, okay, here comes that change again, Mm. it's about how can I pull them apart but keep them together at the same Mm. time? It's nearly for me looking, you know, sometimes when you get magnets and they push against each other, you have Mm. that unseen energy where you can't put them together. And for me, that's the adaptability mindset. It's trying to work out, is there a way that we can get rid of that fighting space between needing to change and the fear that I want it to stay the same? Yeah, 100%. That's a really good analogy because Mm. it's about how can I break the natural energy? So our mindsets is the difference. And, you know, we're big on mindset coaching and that's between going under with this constant unexpected change and the mindset to be adaptable. There's a thing that we do and we become either a victim to the change or we try and control it. Either way, what we're not doing is growing that deeper awareness of processing the change and understanding the fear that is directing the show a little bit. And it's probably also really finding your own levers within your level of self-awareness to be able to say, okay, change naturally is uncomfortable, Mm. but what's keeping those magnets together? What's that embedded element that's saying... The fear is so great, I can't move forward. Yeah, I love that too, because part of understanding what adaptability is to compare it to resilience, Mm. you know, the buzzword like agility. 
And how I phrase it is a resilience and adaptability of friends, but they are not lovers. Yep. So they are similar and they get on well, but they are not coupling. <laughs> that's correct. They haven't formed a they relationship. They haven't formed a deep, intense relationship. No, that's correct. Because resilience really, when we break it down, is how we react, how we respond to an event, mm. how resilient we are to moving past a certain event, whereas adaptability is how we thrive beyond the event so that learning creates our new future. And it's really about transforming uncertainty, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that was one of the really strong things I took out of this Mm. article is Mm. that it is about the transformation that you have Mm. with that relationship Mm. of uncertainty. Yeah. You know what? It's coming anyway. Yeah. It's here. The myth that we were never going to have to face multiple changes has certainly been blown out of the water we now understand we actually really do live in a world of chaos without a doubt yeah that's absolutely true and I think for me I think about and in coaching scenarios it's so often people talk about I want to be a CEO when I grow up Mm. yeah well what does that really mean you've got to think about that no one starts at their end point yeah everyone starts in some way if it's a subject matter expert or having a greater sense of fear around change. Mm. But fundamentally, as I said at the very start, we've always addressed it as more, well, CEOs are just really great uh, problem solvers, Mm. great conductors of what's going on around them. Mm. But are they really? Mm. Are they more that they've accepted that the relationship with uncertainty that they need to have? Yeah. There's, uh, again, reading research as I have to do, I think we mentioned it earlier that 42 to 45% of CEOs make their decisions on instinct. Mm. And so that queries, you know, are they the bounce forward or the bounce back type? How much do they understand about their insight and where they come from in those decision makers when they're conducting the audience of the business or the organisation? What song is in their head compared to what everyone else is playing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important because adaptability requires you to be vulnerable but Mm. it requires you to listen with enthusiasm Mm. because we do think of ourselves as yes as a leader I'm highly adaptive I'm intuitive Mm. I'm emotionally astute but to whose radar yeah to your own or to your audience yeah absolutely so there were a couple of key factors yeah One I picked up was the motivation to change. So in order to be adaptable, we have to find a reason to change. In COVID, we've been told to change. That's Mm. motivation in itself. But often finding why it's important for me to do this will help you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Self-awareness, the big thing, definitely. The true insight on how it can benefit you and others is also a great way to accept and adapt to what's coming towards you. And leadership design. So modelling from those that you respect, how to manage change and you've got some really great stuff about an experience you had absolutely I remember that I had a C-suiter that had got that new role they were an amazing subject matter expert on sales on product on analytics Mm -hmm. and they were fantastic except their focus had always been as being that problem solver so when they were confronted with the need to try and teach someone their natural instinct as a very operationally astute person was to just get in and do it themselves and people will learn from watching 
But what I did was then say, okay, that's great, but all it means is you're going to work 150 hours a week because <laughs> you're going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And the transition from being the doer to going to that next level, to going to be that C-sweeter, is your ability to sit back and actually talk more around shifting to adaptability because they were that literal person. Mm. So I had to teach them around, you've got to be a tactical thinker. So how can you be literal? Maybe show and allow, you know, not the show and tell mm. because that's what you do when you're very operational. But when you're tactical mm. and when you're adaptive as a tactical operator, mm. you allow people to give it a go. Mm. You actually think about more multidimensional. Mm. You think about it more around the how's it making them feel? How are they experiencing it? But more importantly, how have you actually transferred anything? And that's to me was when that penny dropped for the individual. It's like I ran a training program because human behavior, wow, that was just tricky. But this guy was a great salesman. So when I flipped it and said that people management and leadership is no different to selling because in selling you have to be intuitive you have to think about the impact of what you do absolutely the best salespeople are great human readers of behavior that's correct but only if the penny drops that they're doing no different they're just mm. doing it with teams mm. they're doing it with transferring that how they're a great salesperson because they could teach anyone how to sell but that's the same as being able to engage mm. to being adaptive to being that multi-dimensional and I think to me that's what adaptability really resonates is mm. that it's not one dimensional mm. it's that relationship with uncertainty relationship with transferring knowledge relationship with engagement and that's truly what adaptability is so if I was writing a course outline tomorrow for adaptability mm. it would be that I was creating curiosity mm. I was creating the ability for choice, connection, and ultimately transferring control to mm. my audience. We do it to customers. Yes. We discover, we get curious mm. about what they want, mm. and we transfer control back to them to decide if they buy it or not. Mm. Why don't we do that with our people as well? Look, absolutely. And those three C's, I think, cornerstones for uh, development generally mm -hmm. and I'm thinking as you're talking that this also is an internal obviously you know from my line of work is about how do we apply those on a personal responsibility level and mm -hmm. an internal level and I'm thinking of somebody that I've been coaching who is just out of the box they are jumping up in their insight and intuition and awareness and emotional intelligence at such a rapid rate because all we've done is that we have done the clarity, yep. we've done the connections and I've given her control to be something else, you know, to draw on different level of adaptability and she has to adapt or die in this situation yeah. as in terms of her career. And once you've opened that door and shown them the spotlight, once you've found out how that magnet needs to connect, mm. it's incredible how people just go, oh, I never saw that, and then they run. I think that's a really good example of the mm. fact that if we stopped using the word change mm. and instead started really focusing on is that inherently within our mind, our body and our soul, mm. we've got it. Mm. But we're just creating a level of a different dimensional mm. level mm. of 
how we act, how we respond, mm-hmm. how we gain insight in situations. Yeah. Because change by its very nature implies a level of fear. Mm. So if we really want to move away from change being a fear generator, adaptability is more about multidimensional. I like that because change is kind of a before and after concept, isn't it? It's got a negative connotation attached to it. There's loss in it. Oh, my God, I'm going to lose. Yeah, we do. We see if change comes with loss. Like I change from adolescence to adulthood. I've lost my adolescence. Yeah. You know, there is all those markers where change, not that it does, so much change is highly positive, but we see it in terms of what am I giving up rather than what am I gaining. Yeah, it's a psychological switch in our mind Mm. that automatically, so when a lockdown occurs, we go, oh, my God, I can't go to that meeting tomorrow or I can't have coffee or, oh, I'm going to have to homeschool my kids. Mm. Whatever it may be, it implies that I've lost something. Yeah, a takeaway, a negative takeaway. correct. So what about we just learn that it's not actually change, it's multidimensional adaptability. Yeah, and that's where that lovely concept of meta skills comes in. To be a true adaptable person, you have to unpack what it is, what adaptability Mm -hmm. is for you, learn this skill base Mm -hmm. to amp it up and then put it back together so that you can move through change without this fear loss fear loss transition that seems to keep going on and well, it's on it's a bit on. of a roller coaster isn't mm. it and it's a bit like that example of teaching the great salesperson that people leadership is no different yeah. than being a salesperson or in my case teaching somebody who is an expert in their line of work that they can also be an expert at a boardroom table. That's exactly it's right. It's just the transition, the adaption of themselves, really. They've got the skills there. They know that. Well, they're tactical. Let's yeah. move to strategic yeah. is when we look outside ourselves, but mm. we can only look outselves when mm. we become aware yeah. of our self-awareness. That leads to a segue. Why this topic resonated with us so much Mm. is because we have been because we've had a little bit of lockdown time to reflect is buck the natural trend that we ourselves have experienced Mm. of the uncertainty of change in that we're going to be launching really soon our own aware program Mm. and that is about (laughs) we're very excited love a new thing is that aware is about how do I know me everyone talks about you've got to love yourself before you love others which is lovely and you know that's very feel goody it is and I can give myself a hug but at the (laughs) end of the day it's actually saying what are my trigger points of awareness that naturally spark what our world is now which is the need to be adaptive so I have to be curious I have to remove that roller coaster of fear. The the thing I think that drove us as we sit and talk, probably boring anyone who walks past the room at great length of all things people and business, is the dawning thing. And 20 years in psychology tells me over and over again, we are never as aware as we think we are. That's what we went, hang on, what? How can we spend so much time in self-development, in professional development, in therapy or in coaching and still be plateauing? What is it that we're missing to teach and how complicated does it have to be? So, of course, we designed a brilliant program. But the other thing is all around the world, we're understanding what wellness truly means now. Yes. And it is an evergreen process. 
the concept that you do your work and I'm done, I'm the best version I am, it doesn't work. The almighty work-life balance mm. paradigm that we're going to achieve. I've always been and I recently said, you know what, it's not about work-life balance. Mm. It's actually just, work's just another part of our life. And I'm curious in my work with my friends, with the different meals I may cook occasionally, you know, everything because curiosity is actually at my mm. core. So if I was looking at otherwise described as I may get bored easily, it's actually not that I get bored easily because I can stick at anything. You're a mind pod. I'm a mind pod and that's exactly <laughs> right because I'm curious. Yeah. I don't want to stagnate. We're knowledge absorbers. That's correct. And if I you think say something a... to us, you know, we want to know it, we want to unpack it, we want to understand it, we want to yeah. research it, then we absorb it and then we go on to the next. Yeah, and we also, because we love the art of learning ourselves, mm. that we want to transfer that to others, yeah. it's our ability to then say, exactly as you said before, mm. why do the human race believe that they've got self-awareness in the bag? You know? Yeah, what is it that makes us think, A, that because we do some work, we are fully self-aware of ourselves and our space in this world, but that it's done. Yeah. Slap your hands, tick that off the old list. That's correct. And I think it's because it's an evolution in mm. everything that we do. Mm. Just mm. like in our growth path of what we thought was cool when we were a teenager. Come on, those dreadlocks look fantastic on me. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't <laughs> then, they don't, they wouldn't now. No, they really didn't when I see photos. No, that's right. My fringe that was really just a spiky little tuft that really was not cool ever. God. Is that No self-awareness there on either no our parts. No self-awareness. <laughs> is that it is an evolution, but it's about Self-awareness more comes from what's the characteristic that I'm always looking for. Definitely. I mean, I love the idea of the evolution of who I am. Yeah. Otherwise, how boring could you become to yourself? If you think this is my best version, oh, God, no. What if that was when I was 17? can guarantee you it wasn't. But if we start seeing our best version as a goal we achieve, that's my best version. Yeah. Then where is the growth, the learning and the insight from that point on? And also the interest. I was talking to a friend's parents the other day and the wife was talking about, we're in our 70s now, but he retired at 55. And I went, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now with him around the house? Because... You don't want to feel that there's a potential to stagnate. Mm. So learning might be taking up cross-stitch, but mm. learning for me is keeping my mind going. Mm. Yeah, we're on this constant journey of pushing ourselves to find out what we don't know. Yeah, that's right. And I think for me, that's why we talked about this North Star. Mm. Because North Star is about the pot at the rainbow. We know the pot's not there, yep. but we don't give up on the pot at the end of the rainbow. Yep. The North Star that really keeps giving me the energy, the enthusiasm that with every knock, with every change that I don't mm. fall over, mm. I can have a spat. We can all do that. Mm. But once we've stomped our feet, mm. what actually sets people apart to touch that north star or see it in the sky is because 
we don't stop. We stamp our feet and we find a new way. Yeah. But that only comes from that aware. That's right. When I started my career, I stumbled along a book, and I think it was called Finding Your North Star. And the concept in that particular book was as we grow, I think I called our moral self back then, I'm not sure, and our social self were partners. Mm -hmm. They were lovers. And then as we go into the social world, they have a breakup. And it depends how they resolve that breakup. Of course, this is my total interpretation. It wasn't put like this at all. But anyway, how they resolve the breakup is how we grow and develop. So if it's acrimonious and they never speak to each other again, your social self diverts so far away from your true self that it's unrecognisable. And that in yep. that gap, that path that you have diverted is anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, everything else. Yeah. The closer that you remain friends, like you understand there's a social version of me and then there's the true version of me, but they can't be so far apart that they don't get along. 100%. We, yeah, if we can develop that awareness of all the facets of ourselves, and there are so many, I think we have over 60 in our design. If we can master all of those, then we get to that meta awareness. Then we are at that place where we can share, we can insight, and then we can go, and what next? Absolutely. I think that exact point feeds really well into our distractions this week. Our distractions this week. I'm going first. You go, girl. Because I had a little conniption last night. You did indeed. Had a little conniption <laughs> around our three-hour notice on lockdown. Because I, you know, had my energy. I Ooh. had my enthusiasm. We were pumped yesterday. And we were pumped, Ooh. ready to go. This new concept business model, it's rocking we're patting it. each other on the back. Yeah, we were doing <laughs> a little bit of, you know, self-admiration <laughs> yesterday. And so we're on a high, ready to go. And then we get the announcement. After I stomped my feet, mm -hmm. I swore possibly more than I should when I have it was blue. Two, two adults and a teenager in my household and my husband trying to pet me along going, you can't change it. Well, you know what? My logical self agrees. But my emotive self was like, you could stick it up your bum, really. I'm done with this. Dan, that's the nice version, by the way. That's the nice version. <laughs> Dan, you're not my friend. Because no, you broke it's up. definitely broke up. <laughs> that another sense of loss, that roller coaster of I'm giving up something. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to dig deep and write all this stuff and keep going. I'm actually just going to stop and I'm going to breathe. And I'm going to just ditch it for today and come back tomorrow. And that's what I've done. And after watching a little bit of trashy Netflix, I'm back because I just needed time to breathe. And that was part of, for me, my distraction was not losing my own curiosity and self-awareness to go, you don't have to be on all the time. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to take a loss. It's okay to take a hit. But at some point, go back to your natural state. Down tools. Invest Down tools. in the sad, angry, confused self for a little yeah. while. Make sure you're checking in, acknowledging. Absolutely. And then going, look, you can have a bit of time in the sun, but eventually you're going to have to go back into the playroom. That's correct. If You know, if it was sunny in Melbourne, mm. it would have been me sitting out the back getting some vitamin D mm -hmm. but it never is sunny in Melbourne at the start <laughs> of the year so I ditched the vitamin D and sat on my comfy chair played a little bit of solitaire it's a super comfy chair that super one too comfy chair. I have chair envy absolutely king furniture love your chair is that 
I sat back, played a bit of solitaire and just breathed. So look, you're feeling the energy drop there, just like Absolutely. zenning out there. My distraction was more hilariously distressing actually with my sister. My sister's a great artist and she has written and had some published work, like writing novels. So I've got about three humming away doing nothing in a cupboard. But my brother's book launched, The Insanity of Ideas, and it is freaking great awesome of course like, it is of course it is so it's all got all the science it's got his funny dry wit it all makes sense it's inspirational at the same time it's really frightening where we're going with our ideas you know it's a book for the ages it's a smart freaking book then there's the books me and my sister write which don't get published which are dark full of murder and gore and you know you can imagine as a psychologist every horrible thing ever experienced by someone is drawn into my cavernous destroyed character type of books hers are even more confronting and we're sitting there going oh oh so you can write a book and it doesn't have to be uh, you know a <laughs> A horrific travel into the darkest depths of the mind or people's behaviour. So we both decided maybe we will never write again after reading my brother's bloody brainstorming bit of triviality. I can't stand it. You know what? We get so <laughs> caught up in our lived experience of just mm. crap that's happened along yeah. the way. Mm. And we write it in a book. We talk about it. We take it to our work. We keep it in our personal relationships but you know what stuff happens mm. and hence why we thought mm. keeping that lens of what that northern mm. star is right. you know what mm. fed through everything we read this week mm. everything we thought this week mm. every time we got knocked down yeah. and every time in Sarah's case that she got jealous <laughs> and I do <laughs> I, I do she's got the comfiest chair it's, and she's got the cutest she, little office and she's jealous of her brother. So you know what? I'm jealous of my gorgeous brother who is so smart. You know what? Realising I will never be able to think at that level. Like he can't think like me. Yeah. Insightful because he calls me like a Jedi, you know, a, a mind mentalist. But man, did he land that book. It's just brilliant. And, and I am jealous and I will be jealous and I'm going to live in that jealousy of it because it also is a credit to his brilliance. Yeah. And I think, you know what? Life's all about we're always going to be jealous. There's always someone smarter, better, funnier than yeah. us. But it doesn't have to be a competition. Right. The only competition is with yourself. My North Star is mine, he's got his, and my sister's got hers. And every now and then they clash. Yeah. And it's always very funny when the three of us are on the phone. But you're right, the North Star is about find your compass, but your compass has many points to it. Yeah. And the more you kind of look down into that compass, mm -hmm. you can see why points are sending off in one direction when you really should be going in another. Yeah, and why sometimes it's a bit brighter mm. and other days it's a bit dull. So how about I leave you with a little Buddha mantra? Give me the Buddha mantra. I'm going to give you the Buddha mantra. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert mind, there are few. Are you feeling that mm -hmm. moment? Did you just, just breathe like, out in that? I breathe out. I breathe in. I breathe uh, out. I breathe in. <laughs> profound. Very profound. So thanks, Sarah, and myself for another great week. Okay. Yep. We'll jump on board. In. Follow us. Yep. Love it. See you in two weeks, team. See ya. Bye. Bye. As always. 
If you're interested in being a better version of yourself or learning some new skills on how to harness that brilliance that is uniquely yours, jump onto awaregroup.online and let us help you find the way to your emotional intelligence. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to the Aware Podcast and we really hope you enjoyed our guest's insight and a little quiz at the end just for a bit of fun. Music for the Aware Podcast is by Tape Machine featuring LFA. The song title is This Is Who I Am. If you would like to be a guest or contact us regarding the Aware platform, please email awarearcgroup at gmail.com. Com. That's aware, A-R-C, arc, group, at gmail.com. We are Nikki Mackey and Sarah Godfrey. See you next time.